Welcome to Conversations with Crystal and this is your hostess Crystal and this evening we are joined by the fabulous Jess from Raising Ravens. Hi Jess, how are you going? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad this afternoon actually, getting there I think. (laughs) That's good. Oh dear. So Jess, like you're from Raising Ravens and that's such an interesting band name and I would really love to know how you come across that name. Um, So it was from a movie um, by Carlos Sierra, uh, who's a Spanish um, director from, well, he, yeah, predominantly through the 70s. And it comes from a movie called My Pronunciation is Probably Terrible um, with a terrible Australian twang, but um, (laughs) a movie called Cria Cuevos, which means Raise Ravens. Um, And it is, um, yeah, so it's from a Spanish proverb that says if you raise ravens, they'll peck your eyes out. So it's basically about generational trauma and stuff. So I call it more about karma and what comes back to haunt you. There's a few different variations of the of the proverb, but that's essentially what it means. So it's very cheerful, but yeah, it yeah. suits what I write about. So Yeah, right. <laughs> and your music, what genre would you put that in? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's got lots of different things. I would call it predominantly rock, punk blues but very melodic I don't know I mean there's bits and pieces of everything a lot of heavy styles I wouldn't really call it metal but it does border on that at times but yeah I mean there's also stuff on the album that's quite laid back so um yeah I wouldn't want to classify it anything specific but it's definitely heavy so yeah yeah, if you're looking for peaceful music it's probably not the place to go Now, so you've not long re- uh, released an album. Would you like to tell mm. our listeners what the album uh, is called, where they can get it from and that kind of yep. thing? Yep. Okay, so it's called Leaving with the Half Light and it came out in March and we've been touring it like the last year pretty much, which is probably why I sound really fairly tired. Um, so you can get it on Bandcamp, all streaming services, digital, everywhere through my label, Interloper Records. Um, you probably won't get it in shops yet, but once I do some vinyl, you might be able to. But, yeah, just jump on the, the website or any of the pages and you can find it there. Right. So I think what we'll do, Jess, is you can send me some links to those and I'll put them in the description of this podcast so then people can go directly to your webpage and, you know, have a browse. Yeah, no worries. Now, you mentioned that you'd been touring. So whereabouts have you been touring? So we this year we started, we did the album release in Australia and toured here. Um, we did, where did we play? Sydney, Wollongong, Newcastle, Queensland, Melbourne. And then we had a bit of a, a little interim and went overseas. Um, and we played in Scotland, England. Um, <laughs> my brain's still not working properly. That's um, Hungary, Germany, Amsterdam. And then we played Rebellion Festival in the UK at the end of that. And we came back about three and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I've been keeping an eye on that and on your uh, travels and I thought, oh, how absolutely cool is that? Now, how did you organise, um, you know, to tour in the UK there? Um, so I, I went over there a few times with my last band, The Miss Made. Mm-hmm. So a lot of contacts from that. Um, lots of pe- lots of different promoters. I mean, I booked it, but I had help from them over yeah. there. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's all, all DIY, do everything myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you should be very proud of yourself, actually, because it's a huge undertaking. Uh, massive undertaking, yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah, and especially after COVID. So yes, yeah. But a pe- it was worth it, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Were the people in the UK? Uh, very receptive to your band. They're, they're great over there. We got a good reception everywhere we went. So yeah, there's no disappointment there at all. Yeah, it was great. We had a ball. I've got a lot of friends over there in other bands and stuff, and we were very we made very welcome everywhere we went. So. Isn't that awesome? That's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and so when you go overseas or when you've just been overseas, did you take your own guitar or did you source one when you were there? No, we always take our own guitars. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We, borrowed, we borrowed everything else, but we definitely take our own guitars because you, you're sharing all different stuff and you want to have something familiar and I won't leave home without mine. So, yeah, yeah no. And they made it back in one piece. Nothing terrible happened to them. And, <laughs> and That's good. Now do you... Thank God. <laughs> Watch it come down the conveyor belt every single flight and... Oh, yeah. Praying to the rock gods to not smash your guitar. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so did you just have it in, in its uh, hard case? Yeah. 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 Just a travel cases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's, uh, you know, a big leap of faith, that, isn't it, with it, the it airlines? Sure oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, lots I'm... and lots of insurance. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so now you mm-hmm. mentioned that you hired everything else over there. What was this? Oh, the... no, no, no. We shared stuff over oh, there. Oh, shared? shared? <laughs> we borrowed things from people and venues, yeah. A lot of the venues provide backlines, so... They do make it easier for people, yeah. Right. And do you find that their equipment is um, on par with what you use here or different? It was fine. No, it was good. Yeah, we didn't have any problems there. No, most venues overseas provide gear at most of the venues. I mean, at least a drum kit. So you're pretty set up. I mean, they're starting to do it a bit more here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does make life a lot easier for everybody. Oh, absolutely, especially when you're traveling. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, as a uh, lady in the music world, I don't ha- know if I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> how did you find kind of breaking into the industry? Did you find it easy as a as a as a female or did you find it a bit hard because you were female? I think it's probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it for a long time and I started in Nidacris. So, I mean, we had a lot of mixed response. We had a lot of people be quite aggressive and rude. Wow. Um, but then we also had a lot of support. So it's hard to say. I mean, there's always going to be some sexist idiot. You just can't really pay attention to it. I mean, there was a... There was, there's, you know, they say that there's no female dominant bands, which is not true. Mm-hmm. They probably just don't get as much attention. They are now starting to. Um, but, I mean, I guess for heavy bands back then, we were particularly heavy 
unexpectedly for a bunch of 16-year-old girls. But, I mean, we were pretty feisty. We didn't take shit from people. So, and we I... lasted 10 years. So, I mean, look, it's hard for anybody. It's a hard industry to be in full stop. Oh, it is. Um, but you... you just have to ignore people who are going to be like that because they just drag you down. But there's always going to be those people. You just ignore them and move on and That's play it. better than them. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Wrong. Prove them wrong and play better than them. And <laughs> mm. so you started a band when you were 16. Well, we were 13 when we started that band and then oh, we started wow. playing live when we were about 15. Um, we started at school and then we got Morgana the singer and we were fortunate to get her and we just started doing gigs and just the rest is history, I guess. Oh, that yeah. is so inspiring, really, really mm. inspiring. So where did you take your influence from? In those days, a lot of metal, yeah. punk, a lot of metal, Metallica, Sabbath, um, Patti Smith, lots of different things. We all liked a lot of different things, but we were very into our metal in those days. Right. I mean, we got classified punk probably because we were still learning to play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing again, not, not dissing punk music at all, but no, no, no. We, we, we thought we were metal, but we were just learning. So, um, yeah, look, everything, Guns N' Roses, yeah. you know, L7, all the bands, whole everything. But, um, yeah. And when yeah. did you start? We had our own take on things though, so. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the way I think you have to be, you know. It, uh, people aren't the original group, so to put, put your own spin on it I think is uh, very creative. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start writing songs? Oh, around then. Like, I mean, I didn't write full songs myself because we wrote as a band, but I wrote a lot of the riffs and, um, yeah, I mean, we were – we wrote together, largely, like a collaborative thing. Morgana always wrote the lyrics, not all of the songs. Some of them we worked on lyrics together, but predominantly she wrote the lyrics. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we were, we were a team, so it, there was lots of fighting but lots of music. So the end result speaks for itself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, but, yeah. So did you find it, because um, you said that band went on for 10 years or so? Mm-hmm. So the people that you have in the band now, are they some of the same people or all different? Well, I mean, this is sort of, it's it started as a solo project. So I, I write the songs that there's a lot of different people involved. Um, uh, currently there's me, Tara, who plays bass, and Andy, who used to play drums in Nidacris, mm-hmm. and we have different people all over the place. We had a drummer, a friend of mine, Michael, overseas. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an evolving door. Not everybody can tour these days, especially when, you know, the truth is, when you get older, it's not as easy to tour. Yeah, you've got responsibilities and stuff. So, you know, yeah, we just work it out amongst us, and who can do it. It's gone well so far. It's tricky sometimes because you know you've got to you've got to all work together. But um, yeah, oh, yeah. That's so there good. we go. Lots of different people played on the album. Um, yeah, <laughs> I could go oh, on buy cool. the album and read the credits. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So that's how you got your start from a from a. So how did how did you get your gigs booked at fifteen years old? 
Oh, we had an agent when we were young. We started with just getting asked to play. And we had an agent and management and all of that thing. And it was, I mean, we were very young. So there was just no way we would have been able to do it. We were underage as well, well for yeah. the first few years of it. So our management manager used to guarantee for us to go in and stuff, go to the venue and stuff when it got around how old we were. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, but we always had management and agents and, and it's just not the same anymore. Lots of people do, but we, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's because you would like more creative control or more control over what you're doing and maybe how much you're getting paid. And well, I just don't really want to, well, it's not, I'm just not going to wait around for somebody to rescue me, you know, so. I love um, that. I love yeah. that. And I've been doing it for long enough to know how to do it. I mean, if somebody wanted to help me, then that would be great, but I'm not going to hand it over to somebody who's not going to do the job. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it's kind of – and you do have more say over what happens to you. I mean, you're not just told what to do. You can have some control and, you know, I, I have no regrets on Nidacris, but we spent eight years on the road. Yeah. And it's just not possible these days. And, you know, it is if you've got money behind you, but if you don't, then it's like, well <laughs> – we're not 20 anymore. We can't live off $20 a day and, you know, not pay bills and <laughs> no. all of that. So unless you're going to give me something, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like that, that you're a lovely strong woman who has control of her life. I really love that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's sort of, you know, my life is still intact after the last three years of this band, like, you know, I, I would love to tour more, but I can't. So, yep. you know, at least I get to choose where I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a great thing, I think. So, mm. Jess, I know that you play guitar because you have a lovely gold Gretsch like I do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my side hustle. My guitar is a purple Strat. So oh, okay. it, would be, it would be quaking in its case right now if I heard you say that. So. <laughs> I just know because when I seen uh, a post with you with that you were taking uh, the gold Gretsch to a gig or to rehearsal or something, I went, oh, oh yeah. I've got one of those. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful guitar. It's just, yeah, it's not my main weapon. Yeah, it's not yeah. my main weapon. But I do like to use it for solo shows and stuff and it is beautiful looking. So oh, be- <laughs> it's got well, a lot of sound. But... Yeah. Who doesn't like a, a sparkly gold guitar, I must say? Exactly. That's right. <laughs> How do you find the G string on that? Dodgy. Dodgy as, eh? Yeah. I mean, it's a good guitar. The strat is just unbeatable though. Yes. It's it's, yeah. it's a machine and it doesn't even it's just, yeah, it's a weapon. The Gretsch is it's a beautiful guitar. I'm sure there's probably people who hear this and go, No, it's not you should play a Gibson. But <laughs> I've been tolerating that horse shit for many years and I will never change. So Yeah, look, I think you just play what makes you feel comfortable at the end of the day. Yeah, so, well, I'm um, definitely a strap person for sure. Yeah, and I love that you said it's purple. I love that. It's rare purple. It's metallic purple and it's. I think it's the only one in this country of that colour. So, oh, wow. So and did... it's nearly been stolen. It's been left on the road. It's come through airports with the case open and it's <gasps> never let me down so wow yeah I think I'll keep it I think I think I would too Mm. so did you order the guitar in that color or did you have it painted afterwards no I had it I found it in a guitar shop my guitar before that was stolen 
Oh, shit. Um, so I went out and bought a new one, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. We have not been separated since. since. Now, does she have a name? Purple Guy. Purple Guy. <laughs> Most of my guitars have names, but that one's still not revealed its name, so it's Purple Guy. Okay, well, that's cool. Mm. <laughs> so is guitar the, the only... The is Goldilocks, and I've got a black Gibson called the Black Pearl. Nice. And I had a red Epiphone called Ruby, which I gave to a friend yeah. and um, still kept its name. But, yeah, Purple Guy remains a mystery. Yeah, I like that. So is guitar <laughs> the only instrument that you play? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, I've tried piano and stuff in the past, but, yeah, the guitar's my thing. I'd like to learn something else, but, yeah, maybe I'll play drums one day. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not. No, look. Carry your own gear. <laughs> I often say to our, our, our drummers, I say, you picked the wrong uh, instrument to learn, didn't you? Look at all the stuff you have to carry. I know, right? I it's know. But I, do, I am fascinated by the drums. I do like it. And I think I think in drums when I ride. So oh, that's very the interesting. The drummer is a very important part of me riding. So, yeah, um, yeah. 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 So what's your process? But I don't think I'd ever, hey? Sorry, you don't think you'd ever actually learn it? Nah. nah. I mean, I might try, but no, nah, I'm too lazy. <laughs> get someone who's good at it to do it instead. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. So what I was going to ask is, how, what is your process when you're writing a song? Does it just come to you or does the music come when you're strumming some chords or something? Or how, what's your process? Well, they pretty, they pretty much just come to me. I mean, I've started writing pretty much as soon as we got back um, from overseas. So I've started writing. Um, we're doing an EP that's going to come out next year. Mm-hmm. That just sort of comes to me and I, I kind of have to be a bit isolated to do it because I can't hear anything. So I do tend to go a little bit reclusive when I write. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it just comes to me and I just pick it up and I just write the song. But, yeah. I mean, it's been a bit tricky in the last six months because we've been so busy, but now we've got a break so I can focus on that instead of worrying about running tours and stuff because it's pretty hard to do both at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So, when are you touring again? Are you are you doing more touring this year? Or? We've got some we've got some gigs, but not no actual touring until the album the EP comes out next year. We'll be doing some shows, but there won't be like a full tour until this EP comes out. So I don't know when yet. I have to write the songs first. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're going to write and record it, but I'd say it'll be around the first half of next year. Yeah. So, but we will, we will be doing gigs, just not like a full tour. We won't be doing that, but we've got a gig on the 25th of November at the Duke in Enmore. Oh, um, cool, cool, yeah. With Nunchucker Superfly and Laura Panic. And I'm doing a solo gig for Andy, actually, from Niacross's band, um, Sandbox, but I'm just opening solo. So that's just a, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a family affair, but that's that's it. We've got booked for this year. We've, we've been going at it hard. So we did a long tour last year. We toured the album. We went overseas. So I feel like it's... Ample time for a rest. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. You're a busy, mm. busy lady with lots to do. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. What would you? What's the best live act you've ever seen? Um, 
Uh, I've seen some pretty dynamite things, but I've got to say Deep Purple is probably the best. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty amazing. I'm trying to think. There's so many good bands. Yeah, Deep Purple is probably the standout for me. But, I mean, there's a lot of bands that are, you know, not unknown, but not known to people. Overseas, one of my favourite bands overseas is called Your Mum. You Your should mom. look them up. Yeah, they're amazing. They're a two-piece bass and drums and epic singer. She's amazing. So there's a lot of new stuff out there that people should suss out and stuff and give yeah. a chance to. I mean, I could rattle off a whole bunch of them, but my brain's not working properly today. So <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll probably say the wrong names. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing absolutely fine right now. Have you got any funny stories uh, from being on the road, being on tour. Oh, none that I can tell to the public. <laughs> <laughs> My bass player would kill me. <laughs> uh, well, maybe something at a show that you've seen the public do, you know, like... Um... Oh, I can't think of anything. The hum- humanity is hilarious. They're, you know, people do crazy stuff all the time, but... Yeah, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. I'm sure it'll all come to me. And, you know, we only came back three weeks ago, so I'm still trying to process what happened. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you see all sorts of crazy stuff on the road. You see people do all sorts of bizarre stuff. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever gone to a venue, maybe particularly overseas or, or here, uh, without naming names, of course, where you've gone in and gone, oh, that's the stage? <laughs> Um, not for a long time. I mean, we've played over the, yeah, I mean, I've gone to gigs where there is no stage. So, you know, but I mean, I think most venues that we play are pretty set up, but yeah, I mean, you play some pretty crazy places all over the place, but yeah, nothing that, nothing that springs to mind of being particularly woeful. Maybe I'm just lucky. <laughs> oh, I think so. Oh, I've seen some dodgy places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first gig was at the Sando and the stage was held up by milk crates and boards. But <gasps> oh, no way. we were like 15 and couldn't believe we were even allowed to play a gig, so we didn't care. But I, I think I'm pretty sure we were all looking at each other going, someone's going to die, but we didn't. <laughs> so... And that was in the 90s, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we were just happy to be able to play. We would have played on someone's roof if we had to. Yeah, right. And mm. and uh, with the industry, because you've, you started in the 90s, so have you seen a great revolution or a great change in the way music is? Well, well I mean, there's social media now, so, uh, yeah, it's very different to what it used to be like. Um yeah, I mean, I think the live thing obviously took a hit with COVID, but I feel like it's coming back quite a lot. Yes. Um, I think Sydney is particularly coming, fighting back. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's so accessible that it's kind of like people forgot that they can actually go out for a while there. They did, um, yes. I feel, I feel like it's coming back a lot. I think people are sick of social media i mean it's still obviously a really powerful tool but i'm noticing that a lot of people are starting to get sick of it and a lot of younger people as well yeah, so yeah i hope so i mean it's a great thing but it has its downside as well it's not real it can't beat a live gig but no. it is a good way of getting a message across but it just means it's harder to find things because there's so much but at the same time it means that the bands have more power and 
yeah, they can pretty much do what they like. So it's yeah. a it's a double edged sword, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Mm. On one, you're right. On one hand, it's really good to have the exposure, I guess, on social media. Mm. But um, you can't stay yeah, on that. Um, you can't stay on that all day. You want to go and see a gig, no. you know. And I this think is... if you can get a balance happening, it's good. Yeah. But if it's only that, and I think I think people are starting to become very aware of the fact that you cannot rely on the encouragement of online. You have to be able to go out and do things. And there's something very fake about it yeah. that. I think it's quite damaging to people in a lot of ways that it's a false hit of endorphins yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, if if you don't get that, if you don't get that attention online, you feel like a failure, but that doesn't actually mean it's real. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. 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 Very it's a human evolution thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. So because you've been playing from 13, uh, mm. how have you – been able to balance or have you been able to balance uh, the gigging side and the playing side with normal life? Have you found that hard or is that something that just... I have in the past, but I think I've got it pretty close now. Um, It's hard to have a job that's not casual. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it is really hard. You have to work really hard. So... You know, there's no money in music. There just isn't. Unless you make it massively huge, there's no money in it really. And yeah. that's just the cold hard truth. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I have no complaints. I still live a good life. I work really hard, but sometimes it gets me down. But mostly I'm pretty privileged really. I mean, yeah. I'm still able to do it. I, I just came back from Europe. I've got nothing to complain about. There's a lot of people in the world who have a hell of a lot more to complain about than me, yeah, you know, so yeah. I don't see myself as a downtrodden musician. Do you know what I mean? It'd oh, be nice no, to yeah. live off it, but I'm not going to say that I, I don't have a good life from it, you know, yeah, and yeah, I get yeah. to do things I love to do and it is hard and it can be hard to keep going. It can make you very despondent, but You've just got to be realistic, I think. I don't know. And do it because you love it, not because you're waiting to, you know, if you're doing it for money and stuff, you're going to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, <laughs> isn't that the truth, mate? Isn't that the it truth? It is. Well, it's the same oh, with anything. You, if, if that's your motivation, then you're probably in the wrong game. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree. And, and you're right. It, that goes with anything across the board. If you think you're going to, um, that you're only doing it for money, then yeah, you're absolutely on the wrong track. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody love would love. Everyone would love to live off art. There's just there's no oh, misunderstanding yeah. there. But you know, like yeah. yeah, like I said, I get to do what I want to do, and it's hard. It's a lot of work, but I still do what I want. You know, may not be a millionaire, yeah, but yeah. I'm still doing what I want. So yeah. there's a lot of people in far worse position than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at this point uh, what I'll do is hopefully you've sent me an MP3 of a track of yours so I can slot it into the interview here. And this track is called Take My Name Out. Your way out, remind me of the 
What an absolutely fantastic track. Okay, so Jess, uh, once again, uh, can you tell the listeners what the name of your new album is? So it's Leaving with the Half-Light by Raising Ravens and you can on Bandcamp, on our website, on all streaming services and, yeah, go for your life. Check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I um, really want to say thank you very much and I very much admire you because you've done the hard yards from a, a young girl and look what you've achieved touring overseas how and bringing albums out. How fantastic is that? Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully I can keep doing more. <laughs> well, I think you will because you have the passion, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. You've and got to keep that. When you bring your next um, album out, I'd love to have you back on so we can promote that some more. For sure. That would be great. Well, you should. where are you based? I'm in Liverpool, actually. Oh, okay. Well, come to the gig. Come to the drink gig. What date is that? 25th of November. It's a Saturday night. I and would, it's free entry. <laughs> I actually would, but we've got a gig that night. <laughs> uh, what's your band? Sorry? What's your band? Oh, it's Crystal Blue and the Dreamers, but I think it's a duo gig that we have actually. Oh, well, that's actually, a shame. Actually, I'd, I'd have to have a look to tell you, to be honest. No, that's okay. There'll <laughs> be normally... more gigs next year, so yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Well, I hope so because I would love to come to one, that's for sure, and um, support you guys. And I think it's very important for musicians to support other musicians. In, I agree. I concur completely. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part of it indeed as, instead of, competing with each other it's just silly it doesn't help anybody so <laughs> no no absolutely it's irrelevant not. the competition's irrelevant but you know that's what people like a lot of them anyway <laughs> well hopefully um you know there's an, enough venues and enough music to be played for everybody yes that's what i think there's plenty for there's plenty of room for everybody yeah, absolutely. All right then, Jess. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening and I've really enjoyed our chat, thoroughly yeah, enjoyed likewise. our chat. Yeah, All Well, right, thanks then. for inviting me and I'll send you some stuff in a little bit. I'm just going to sit down for a bit and then I'll send you an email with the link tree and an MP3. That'd be perfect and I'll slot that in. All Beautiful. right then. Thank All you right, so Crystal, much, thank Jess. You. <laughs> thank you. Bye, honey. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And this evening you've been listening to Jess from Raising Ravens. And isn't she a fantastic lady? Well, we have come to the end of the show this evening. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess, Crystal. And until next week when we have another fabulous guest, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome. But most of all, stay tuned to this channel. Good night.